You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Making waves. There's always something trying to break me. Fuck what they say you're from the fire. I am prison. My motto for my ever said I don't listen. Making waves, episode 113. God, we've gotten that far. Uh, we'll get the 200 one day. Anyway, uh, tonight our guest is uh, the lead vocalist uh, and lyricist for uh, Fire from the Gods. AJ, welcome, my friend. We appreciate you taking the time to spend. Uh, yes. Is it Tuesday? Is it Monday or Tuesday? It's I've a been Tuesday. Wednesday all day, actually. I've been Same. up. And- is it Wednesday? Is it? It's not it's Wednesday, Tuesday. is it? It's Tuesday. Yeah. Shit, man. Well, Tuesday. welcome. Thanks for spending Tuesday. your Tuesday evening with us. Yeah. Yes. You just Thank mentioned you. Uh, right before we went live here, you mentioned you got done with Aftershock. How was it for you guys? It was a massive festival. Oh, awesome. I think um, big win for Danny Wimmer and Co. because of uh, the numbers. And mm-hmm. win for us because Nor- Northern California really fucks with fire from the God's heart. And that was our fifth time in Sacramento and our second time doing Aftershock. So anytime we're there, you know, it's just another win. To, to be able to gain more fans and just to be in that part of the country. Yeah, yeah son. All you do is win, win, win. That's awesome. Yeah, man. bro. It's dope. Out there, you're right. Dope, bro. Yeah. I, I, I love festivals, dude. That's why another reason why I was like, I had to, I was like so into the fact that, oh, this might be our year for, after, for uh, Ship Rock. So I love the festival vibe, man. Yeah, it's, it's funny to take, yeah, to take that size festival, though, and then you condense it down to 4,500 people, right. but it's just as intense, just on a much smaller uh, scale, Yeah, but still course. just as intense, and the, but the party vibe atmosphere obviously is tenfold. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of weird seeing people, you know, banging their heads to you just wearing a pair of, like, you know, board shorts. Yeah. Or speedos. It, we did more, and that's or, it. Yeah, um, pair of speedos, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, speedos. God, that's that's wild. But <laughs> we did a we did a walk for a while back, and uh, we played at the pool at the Virgin, and I thought that was pretty rad because I'd never done anything like that. Like people were in the pool, like yeah, they they're jumping up and it was cool. It had that like spring break kind of thing, that MTV spring break kind of vibe. Yeah. It was- do you guys? Do, I miss those days. To be honest with you, I was just talking about them the other day. Like the the idea of even if it turned from music television into like you know whatever consumer television, I suppose uh, they still had that like those those like footholds, those those specific events like the spring yeah. break that that would slap you know and it would make you feel exactly. like oh yeah. What can uh, handle that nowadays though, man? That'd be oh, too- no, fuck. That was wild. Yeah. yeah. So boring nineties. Yeah. It's funny to think about the idea that that has gone away, the idea of a tour, festival tour. Now everything's just kind of a destination thing, right? Because it's obviously it's more cost effective, whatever it may be. But yeah, the idea that traveling circus thing, that's sorely missed. And there's certainly a vacuum available for it. Of course, one thousand. You know, it's like the thing is, who's going to take the risk to go in there and do it again, right? Even if they just do ten, right. ten dates, right? Like take Riot Fest and put it ten different places. Wow! But we'll I see mean, if not, anyone comes to that. Not Fest is kind of doing either. Not Fest Roadshow, but that's really just a, a sure. shed tour. You know, it's just a, it's another shed tour. But I like the idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you guys, Soul Revolution. Now it's been out uh, since two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, man, you correct Red, me if I'm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's definitely a continuation of what you guys did with the uh, with narrative and American Sun. Uh, it's certainly super. It sounds sonically. It sounds awesome, man. Thank you. And uh, it, it's 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 funny because I mean, see, if you listen to the record, you guys obviously blend this hard rock thing. This kind of like along the lines of Kill Switch, where you take the mm-hmm. course and the melodic, you kind of build them together. But the thing that 
differentiates you is you have an R&B aspect to some of your vocals. Yes. And and not and not not like a POD rap thing, but you know, straight like R&B, like Maxwell or something of that nature. The, the, so, the rock and, so, seal, and then bro, the metal seal. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the metal seal. There you go. <laughs> and then you can you yeah. can take obviously some Jamaican roots uh, yeah. and the Rasta stuff and and do it uh, um, on, on like Rapture. So which is adds a kind of a Bad Brains flair to it. Yes, and uh, it, it's super interesting record that you were able to meld all this thing and kind of make it your own signature sound now. Because you guys are, well, I mean, you guys are have been around now since what six years, seven years now, but yes, you're yes, still so kind of seen as the new yeah. school, following on the, you yeah. know, following on the tails of like you know, Kill Switch. Like you're the kind of the next wave coming in there for that. Um, was there bands that inspired you to create a sound? Because you guys are from Austin, which is not a hotbed for that style of music. No, not at all. San Antonio used to be like the metal capital of the world, but that's kind of faded. But Austin obviously leads more to alternative country, Americana. And then here you guys are. Yeah, hip hop. But you guys are like, you know, a, a rarity uh, coming out of that scene. There's a couple, How did that there's work a couple out? bands. Well, to start, the there are there's a scene here, right? But that scene is pretty mm -hmm. much uh, very underground, very metalcore oriented, and metalcore, yeah. you know, kind of had its its root and it's it lived in the underground for so long. It's now become this thing on where it's like, okay, metalcore exists by way of bands like Bad Omens and you know bands like uh, Bring Me the Horizon and and, mm -hmm. and the like. Who have mainstreamed metalcore, but as far as we're concerned, Fire from the Gods existed in that underground hardcore metalcore scene that wasn't very, you know, that existed very niche in, in places. So it's been here, and I uh, came from a band in Brooklyn, so I already took that kind of New York hardcore vibe that I had and brought it to Austin, and kind of was able to infiltrate a little bit because there's a lot of similarities in that underground vibe. And I found out that there's a whole world of it here, man. So many dope punk bands, so many dope metalcore bands, so many traditional hardcore bands, so many post-hardcore bands. There, there's a lot going on in Central Texas, and even you could add Dallas in there a little bit too, which kind of mirrors a, what we're doing in Austin. But it, it's dope, man. It's still that music town, but not so much what it was as far as the music town is concerned. Yeah, I always knew the fan base there and, and the crowd for it was there because if you remember those fun, fun, fun festivals, yeah, those used to be just ripe for all those bands. I mean, yeah. you'd have bands like Youth of Today come out of retirement and to play it, right, exactly. and there's two two thousand people out there, and the the stage is stage diving and everything's just nuts. So the crowd's always been there, but always always curious about. There's no above ground scene there. I mean, right. maybe you're, maybe the old maybe at the old emos, not the new one that's over there on what's that on Riverside now. Right, that's funny because uh, our tour manager yeah. owns the venue right next to it. Come and take it, and that's become oh, yeah. this staple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to. That's right. Yeah. Come, come and take it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to mention December. I was going to mention him. Yeah, in, in that venue specifically. Yeah. And when, yeah, great guy. Uh, you guys have played there when you were in Wilson, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, play, yeah, I, I think yeah. I might have seen you there actually. Yeah, probably with Mel back uh, when, when Mel used to live there. I think. Did you? Yeah, you know Mel? Mel any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mel. Yeah, exactly. Mel used to live yeah. there. Well, there's there's yeah. a lot of music and a lot of people that are adjacent to metal and um, active rock. You know, there's a band called Catch a Breath. They were also on Ship Rock. Mm -hmm. They're they're from Austin, yep. and they're really making uh, Kingdom Collapse who mm -hmm. everyone is really falling in love with and really making a lot of noise. They're from New Braunfels, which is just, which is essentially Austin, but about an hour. Yeah. You know? So it's a, it's one of those uh, uh, small towns that surround the area. So there's a lot of rock, hard rock, metal, that I guess will start definitely breaking through into a lot more ears so people can realize that Austin, Texas doesn't mess about. We do have a metal. We do rock here. We still do a lot of rock and shit. And, and comedy you're like the comedy. king I know. yeah yeah i was yeah, just yeah. down there seeing a bunch of con see yeah, i went right. to rogan's opening and all that stuff yeah 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 the the town is 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 popping off you know yeah. uh, well as it is it's it's just funny coming from the old school austin of like the late 80s for school there and you go back i mean we just on tour there four weeks ago you roll through and you're like what <laughs> Is this yeah, city? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it ain't that no more. That's it's missing a lot of that. Which um, I caught the back end of that. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> South by Southwest isn't what it is. What it used to be. Nah. 
you know, ACL is cool, but ACL is definitely more on the indie side, indie pop. Sure. Uh, they'll, yeah. they'll, you know, they'll have a Deftones on, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, or one of those rare, rare bands that you might see. I, I think Converge played an ACL or something like that once, but yeah. Um, you know, they don't, they haven't really opened the doors. And I kind of think that sucks a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'm, I, is, I've been through so much adversity in this business. I don't give a shit anymore. It's like, oh, they don't want no, wait, wait, they don't do rock. Okay. There's tons of other people. So I've learned to like, <laughs> let that. To is, that it, it, is, is, is the Mohawk still around? The Mohawk. Is, is Mohawk still there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super trendy. You know, the, Austin, that's another thing. Austin's sure. about right so right now this whole tech yeah. when the comedy's moved here and i think rock by way of fire from the gods and like bands like catch your breath and and kingdom collapse now it's like the trend is rock the the trend is active rock and 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 more of the mainstreaming kind of stuff that you mm-hmm. hear from octane you know stuff that you wouldn't specifically hear anywhere else but you it lives in a world where say ship rockers listen to because i see a ton of people that are ship rockers that come to shows from adjacent states arkansas oklahoma and you know uh mm-hmm. colorado even and they'll make their way down to austin because they know that that's where i'm going to see such and such band I'm going to see seven dust, you know, seven dust is going to come close. If I can't get to seven dust, if I'm, if they're not playing anywhere near my state, they'll come to Austin because they know seven dust is going to be here in central Texas. So, you know, Austin, Austin, like South Texas has that one component that makes metal still thrive there. And that's a large Hispanic community. Yeah. And Mexican Americans and metal are so synonymous with that region. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Bro, I got a question. Can I get one? Sorry, I wanted to toss it back real quick about. I didn't think I didn't know you. You were from. You said Brooklyn. That's where you came came from. Like into yeah, I moved, in, from. I moved from uh, Austin to from Brooklyn. So in you were in a, so can we talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, bro. I, was, was, was the band what brought you to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was in, I was in a hardcore band called uh, Ashes Within, and okay. we had done this battle of the bands, mind you. Uh, that was this regional, not regional, national battle of the band. Sumerian Records had put this thing on and, you know, a lot of bands joined and they were like looking, hey, if you win this thing, you can get a contract. So my band was was making some waves and we got invited to the early rounds. We did well. We moved on to the regional. Then from regional, we went to L.A. And there was this band from Texas that everyone was talking about on the on the way there. They're like, yo, have you heard Fire from the Gods? And I, me being... The New Yorker that I am, they're like, oh, yo, it's fronted by this dude that raps. And so I'm like, yeah, all right, let's see. <laughs> what you talking about? Let's see. Let's see. You yeah, know? Yeah. And I checked it out. I was like, yo, this is dope, dude, because I hadn't heard anything like it. And I I had been trying, uh, admittedly, so I don't even ever think I've admitted this out loud, actually, but I really wanted my band. Oh, that's where I wanted to, to push my band to what they were doing at the time. And that was more along the lines of kill switch engage because it was a lot heavier and it had a lot more of a metal edge to it. So there were a lot of, uh, fast picking riffs, a lot of four to the floor shit that you'd hear in, uh, thrash or something like that or metalcore. And we were just doing some really like down tempo kind of mashuga as genty hardcore. And it was all screaming, no clean vocals. And I got to a point in my my life when I was like, dude, I really just don't want to be known as a screamer. I can yeah. do it, uh, but I didn't I didn't always want to do it. And that's what in Brooklyn and that scene, it was like, yo, we don't no clean vocals allowed, you know? Yeah, we we love bands like Kill Switch Engage because those are OGs and we respect them. Yeah, we love Slipknot and Corn, but we're not gonna admit it because that's too yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're these tough ass hipsters that only want to hear brutal music and fire from the gods. Everyone was talking about this band, this band, this band. I checked it out and lo and behold, the person that was looking to manage fire from the gods was also looking to manage ashes within. So Mm. there's some issues internally. Guy was like, I don't want to tour. Uh, and my manager was like, listen, I've got this opportunity. Fire from the gods is looking for someone to help them and transition while they're looking for a vocalist. I I was kind of like, what are you talking about, Willis? You know, and then <laughs> he was like, yo, this band, they really want some. So, dudes, we started talking and homie was like, yeah, why don't you come down to Texas? And I had toured through Texas before and I was like, that's rad. You know, I'm still, my allegiance obviously is to New York. I love the city. I, I grew up here. I, there's nowhere else in the world. 
although I've lived so many other places, I just love New York City. So uh, I went down to Texas, tried out, and they were like, yo, bro, we have a show this weekend. Did you want to, you know, because I learned the vote. They, they had no idea that I was like, yo, I'm taking this guy's job, by the way. <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I went, I, I studied up, I learned the stuff, jammed it with them. And they were like, yo, you can do the show with us, man, because I don't even think he's going to show up. And we just like-minded guys that were all doing the same thing, touring, hopping into a van, playing as many shows as possible, working a whole nother job, have no real, you know, wanting this thing to live this life, but just going by it, those little baby steps that you take. And we linked up, dude. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was love, bro. It was love. It was instant. Like, yo, this is what's up. And then we started creating music and people will, uh, labels started getting wind of it, you know, and, other labels and aside from Sumerian, which I already had a relationship with other labels that, you know, we looked up to and the bands that we looked up to people are starting to mention things. We got signed and, and it's just been like, yo, it's been one win after one win after one win since then we've had a fantastic little career thus far. And a lot of it just started with that little, you know, meeting they, they needed a guy and I stepped in and that's just me, dude. I, we were about it. And it was just never a second thought. We just started, we hopped into a van. We were like, yo, we have shows. Let's start booking shows. You know, there was never a second thought that we weren't going to do this together. And we're still doing it together. We had a blast at Aftershock this weekend. We do our thing, man. I could talk about it forever. Look at me. I'm yeah, blushing. I mean, I love it. I love it. It's I, funny. I love that. The energy is like, this is what there, I'm talking about. There is, there is no better boot camp than running yourself through that New York hardcore scene because okay. A, you're being judged all the freaking time. And B, it's the best of the best. It's the best yes. of the best. And, yes. you know, it's so funny when you talk about that scene. And I thought, man, when you talk about that, describe your band, I was like, man, they kind of sound like Burn. Remember Burn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. From New York. Yeah, yeah. New York hardcore, man. Yeah. That's so. a lot of hate breed, uh, well, E-Town Concrete, all those bands, you know. E-Town. Uh, you know, uh, integrity, all those bands, like, really. Well, dude, I used to work, I used to work for Revelation Records, so I, I had kind of a. Uh, I had a foothold in that in that realm for a while, so it's funny, dude. When, when everyone talks about the band Slipknot, I'm like, you know, there's a New York hard band, hardcore band years before them called Slipknot. They were on Revelation. I'm like, how did they not get a cease and desist? <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The so, big thing was so the seven inch they had out. <laughs> my 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 big question then after that meeting is, you transplanted like you had your your suitcases. Immediately. Immediately. Okay. That's what I got. Uh, okay, yeah. that's what. I Maybe it took about a year. Let me not say immediately, but once it like we signed and we went into the studio with David Bendeth and we started yeah, working okay. the narrative. Um, he was like, "Dude, why do you live in New York? How are you going to do this? How are you going to live your dream?" David Bendeth is a savage, by the way. I don't. I, yeah. Front of that, you you're you're recording on it, so you know you know yeah. what you've heard. David yeah. Bendeth, you know this. There's no crying in my dojo type shit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a tough cookie, that boy. But he just really instilled in me. He's like, if you want this, dude. And, you know, I told him a little bit of my history. Man, I did merch for Burn the Priest. Not Burn the Priest, for um, Randy's other band that he had uh, for, for a while. Lamb of God? Well, Lamb of God. Burn the Priest was Lamb of God. And then yeah, he had yeah, uh, Locust. Halo of Locust oh, yeah, was the other yeah, band yeah, yeah, yeah. that he had for a while. And I did merch and tour managed and drove their van. Uh, you know, I was doing security at local clubs. Uh, I was hanging out, you know, very similar to a lot of people that just were hangabouts and, and around bands. And I did that for years. I toured for years. And, you know, David Bender was like, someone with your history, you know, if you're really going to commit to this, you know what you got to do. And then I was like, man, I'm done with the snow anyway. I'm going to Texas. And we've been here ever since, man. And I, I dig it. It's a vibe, bro. Oh, man, I love that, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so can I can I then take us take a step by step to this like a the the narrative chapter of the life where yes. you okay. you you so you put the record you did the record with David, put it yeah. out through Rise, and then you re released it an, uh, a year later. What was that through Rise as well? But that was with Jonathan Rise. and yeah, Jonathan Davis Rise. did oh, some songs. Yep, yeah, we hung out with JD, dude. I haven't talked about this in a minute, bro. So yeah, let's go. You're bringing back the good memories, bro. My my college <laughs> years, so to speak. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, dude, we went to what, bloody. We went we went to what is this place? He's from Bakersfield. We went to Bakersfield, Bakersfield to record. So we had the David Bendiff experience with narrative and the response from narrative, which I didn't 
I didn't expect that. I was in the studio on some like real in my feelings, like, I don't know if I should rap, but dude, this is what you wanted to do. I don't know if I should sing in Jamaican Patois, but bro, this is what you wanted to do. You know, you're here. And David Bender wasn't here and none of that, bro. He was yeah. this, yo, I, I'm not sure. He's like, you're here, bro. And you've got this opportunity because at the time, new bands were not recording with David Bender. He wasn't mm. taking in a baby band, especially a baby band with guys that were well into their 20s. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like if he's dealing with a, a small baby band that's just starting out, getting their feet wet, he's taking something that he's developing. And we went in there, you know, and, and when I heard Excuse Me for the first time being mixed and mastered by an actual master of his craft, mm -hmm. it, brought, it brought absolute tears to my eyes, bro, because I was just like, this is... This is it, you know the the bits where I'm where I'm uh, singing a little bit more in Jamaican patois on, on the bridge. The bits where I'm rapping, all the emotion that I wanted to put into this music, he was able to capture, and that you know then then it hits like octane and stuff like that, and boom out of nowhere we've got millions of views and people are like, what is going on? And we're getting calls from the OGs, Seven Dust. Corn, uh, POD, you know, we're getting those kind of calls and it's like, word, this is something real. So the, the, the label's like, okay, bang, we had, we had this moderate success with the first thing. Let's try something new and with you guys. And they introduced us to, uh, Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis heard the music because he was hanging out with, uh, Ash from Sumerian one day to this, this is a wild history because two labels that, had basic were usually kind of at it uh artistically culturally this whole cultural battle between rise and sumerian which did a, a wonders for the scene i'm telling you so many great bands came out of that that little tension yeah rivalry. yeah, yeah uh, seriously so many good bands and um you know ash was really into fire from the gods man and he played it for Jonathan Davis and, and JD was like, dude, I have a, I have this studio here where Korn records all their pre-pro and does all their stuff and has done for since like the last four, four or five records or so. They were like, he was like, dude, bring these guys in here. I get the call that like, yo, J JD wants to work with you. I'm like, what? Nigga, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, bro, JD is interested. So in like like the soldiers that we are, we hopped in the van and drove all the way because this wasn't back in the days where you're getting on a plane. There was no budget for any of that. So we hopped in the van, drove straight to Bakersfield uh a week before we were gonna be on tour again and made it work. Spent a week with Jonathan Davis, and I gotta tell you, he's one of the sweetest, probably most intelligent guys in this business and and just open-hearted you know like as far as being so real you know i've never met anyone more real in this business bro jd's a champ and having yeah. record with the guy and he's one of the dudes that you know uh, and i'll get to this at some point too he's one of the guys that's like dude yeah you can scream we get it we can all scream but you have a great voice man don't hide that voice don't don't hide behind this being super metal and being who you are thing, being not being exactly who you are thing just try just doing that one thing and and relying on it so much and uh he's like dude you gotta sing bro and he told me this in front of mikey at islander and mikey's like yeah bro you gotta sing bro <laughs> <laughs> we're just hanging out having, uh backstage and so dude so with soul revolution man dug a lot deeper into uh, into that because you know American Son, yeah, he told me that stuff back then, but he, I didn't really get it until like, you know, Soul Revolution and and American Son, and so we did two songs with the guy, and and that that changed our career too because then we were getting calls from Danny Wimmer and stuff like that. We were getting calls for uh, Welcome to Rockville and Carolina Rebellion and Rock on the Range, and so what was what we wanted and what I'd always sought was starting to happen. So it was just this natural progression that we, you know, we we continued to strive to be that band. I loved bands like Creed. I loved bands like Bush. I loved big rock bands as much as I loved the underground and the metalcore and the heavier stuff. I I loved and idolized those people. I idolized Fred Durst and those guys, you know, like that shit was so dope. Nothing bounced like that. You know what I'm saying? And the whole world knew it. So I was like, I can do this. I don't have, you know, I never really wanted to be like a rapper or just specifically 
a, a, a singer because I come from reggae music and hip hop. My dad worked in it. And, but I was like, once I got into metal, I was like, anything I do musically has to be heavy, you know? So yeah. that's why from narrative on, you know, we still try to embrace that heaviness because we, we love that. I love it personally. And it's something that the, that, that has shaped the band, you know, you feel me? So yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The mouthful. Like the, 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 the heaviness too. Like one, one thing I think that like, uh, we often get lost in our heads with the sonic idea of heaviness. Uh, and that's part of the puzzle, but like when you're putting in the work, the effort, the growth, the, the, the lyrical content, the yeah. way it's delivered, all of that becomes a whole other, it becomes the, a whole other different layer of the onion of heavy. And those are what you guys are doing, right? It's, yeah. it's that, that's, that's, that's what rises to the, to the top, you know? Dude, for real, man. Like, look, there's so many good bands right now that are not that are stepping out and and so many rappers hyro oxymorons you know there's so many dudes even jason with fever you know he's online you know saying things like uh i've never really wanted to fully bring myself in into my music but I, i'm completely bringing myself into music and taking those those sonics from other aspects of music and and just putting it into this huge melting pot and fire from the guys i think does it best but you know shout out to my homies <laughs> I love you it. know it's it's funny because there's such an arc there's such an arc in music these days where what's what was once considered heavy had yeah. a rule had like it was kind of stringent about like hey you got it's 1983 you got to be thrashed you got to fall in these lanes it's got to have this kind of tempo nowadays it's like metal or whatever you want to call it hard rock it's it's so all over the place that really quite honestly your band can fit into five or six different segments right yeah and yeah. what we consider heavy before, heavy triggers, heavy, 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 heavy. I'm like, I went to the Pest Mode there tonight, and I'm like, the material and the narrative is what's heavy. That's heavy as shit. Yeah. Yeah, so you can you can mix up a, a, a commercially hard rock song and throw in singing and rap, but all into one one thing, like like you mentioned Limp Biscuit did, and it's heavy, right? It's, there's no rules no anymore, which, which fits into the paradigm of what you guys are trying to do pretty well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I like that. Rock. We like we like to keep the crowd rocking, bro. And I tell people, I'm like, yo, you didn't know you were going to come to a Fire from the God show and shake your ass, did you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the other day at Aftershock, you know, um, I was in a place and I was just like, everyone, you know, everyone, the whole crowd shout, shouting Ja Rastafari, you know, and that was a, that's a rock show, dude. So that was that was huge, bro. And I was like, yo, look at my people out here. Look at these, you know, the, so there's those lines and the purest. Of which I still respect. I res I respect those dudes and their opinion, and those people that are like, "Oh, keep rap out of my rock," or you know, "If you're not fast, you're last." You know, if it doesn't have breakdown in New York, if it doesn't have breakdowns, we're not moshing type shit. You know? <laughs> you know, that was like the that was they should have named they should have put that on the t shirt. If you don't have breakdowns, we're not moshing because that's how it was. But people are just a little bit more open minded, I guess, or just yeah. like at this point. You know, it's like a lot of that hot air about what doesn't, what's not heavy and what's not this. Who cares now, dude? Like you said, the subject is heavy. The attitude the, is, is the way different. Yeah. Yeah. The, the gate, the gate, the gatekeepers are always, the gatekeepers are always funny because I'm like, they're always trying to set these rules. I'm like, you know, this music came from the streets. The street is reflective of different cultures within exactly. the street, especially New York. Exactly. Black, white, Hispanic, Cuban. Uh, exactly. whatever you lithuanian whatever whoever's in the street is what's that's what creates the sound that's where the sound stems from so that's where that voice is going to come from you know it's going to come from that edge that grit and just yo yeah i, I can't stand that bro but i love black metal too though dude so i can get down to something yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and know, those are those are stringent you know like dude yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. at do, the end I of the day you can respect that, that right you know yeah, exactly. and you can respect their stance on it mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily, you, you can listen to it just like they, you know, they listen to everything that we're just talking about right I know, now. I was like, yo, you can't go to what? Why? If you, we went to a show in Norway one time, dude, we were on tour. Yeah. And uh, then we went to this, this bar after we went, I think it was Norway, but it was definitely in Scandinavia. And this okay. dude was sitting in the corner of the bar. And when we walked in, they were like, yo, these guys do not belong here. First of all, we got me, six foot five, Jamaican you loud. I've got on some, I definitely wasn't dressed like a metalhead. Then you got mm -hmm. Barter, loud, Houston, Texas. He looks like Matthew McConaughey. 
you know, or something like that. He looks like he because he's like a farmer. Then Richie's like the <laughs> skater boy. So we did not. We were not in the the uniform, and we're metalheads. And this dude got in, was in, was sitting in the corner with his hood up, and he's like, you know, he's got the big beard going. And we're like, that's probably what a Viking looked like back in the days. If you walk in <laughs> somewhere or some some tavern, that's what that guy looked like. He's and, straight out of Dungeons and Dragons. Dude, straight up. <laughs> but but it, but isn't it funny? Because if you sat down and talked to the guy, what happens there is the facts happen. You guy, if he right. sits there and talks to you and goes, "Oh, these guys know what they're talking about. They know X artist. They exactly. know this record. They know happens. the label." <laughs> that always happens. Like the, the perception yeah. is like, "Well, you're not dressed apart." I'm like, "Yeah, how many fucking people I run to that like think they're vampires? Don't know shit about the lore of a vampire." Exactly, it's just like. Bro. That's the thing. It's like if you let you, if you know, it doesn't matter if you're a white collar guy who walks in there off your fucking, you know, after work. And if you know all the black metal stuff, you know everything, they're going to, that's where the conversation, the communication happens. And that's where worlds are, are breached, right? Well, I love what, that's why I love the scene. And I, and I always say on live, I'm like, yo, I love rockers and metalheads because I've never felt more accepted anywhere else that I've been in the world. Mm -hmm. And I've been in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. You know, like the the, the well, so you know, like you put some it's coming back to the guy, you put some fucking track pants on, and you the comfort level is is out of out of control. So maybe that's what they need is just a little yeah. bit of that uh a little, a little bit one and he yeah. stood up, bro. He, he stood up <laughs> shots with him, dude, and like it, it was uh, rain, rain and blood came on, dude, and yeah, and then he stood up, he took the hood off, it was like, <laughs> you know, awesome, it was awesome. Yeah, you got the, you know what's funny is, 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 is you, you always want to break the, <laughs> break their illusion because they they love these certain artists and this and that, but I'm like, you know what, guys, these bands you like, whether it's Dark Funeral, whoever you want to like, backstage they're wearing shower shoes and, and gym shorts, just like me. Yeah, people, man. They're just yeah. people. This illusion that you have that they live in coffins that's gone. They 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 shower. They they're one. They want. Hey, where's oh, the Gillette yeah. underarm at? Yeah, bro. <laughs> exactly. That's why I think people like Fly from the Gods. We're real about it. You know, what I mean, we're yeah. like hang out, dude. We are real, dude. That's what we're stoked for Shiprock. Like everyone's like, "Yo, bro, the the fans are everywhere." And uh, 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 uh. okay, I get it, but. As the first thing I do after a set is I'm at the bar anyway, hanging out with people at the merch table. And I'm not just standing there with a, with a guy watching my back with security or anything like that. I'm mixing up. I, I jumped into a selfie with this family one time at a show and they, they were, they all had on fire from the God shirts. They didn't know I was standing behind them in the crowd. And I went right behind them when they were taking a selfie. <laughs> It was beautiful. They couldn't. I couldn't find it better. It was awesome, dude. And the the look on their faces. We're real dudes, man. None of that, bro. Yeah, like oh no. It's funny, AJ. We can't stress enough to you. And we talk about it with other artists is like who haven't been on. And it's like the look. It's like the first day thing is once they see you, get a photo with you, say hey. The rest of the week, they kind of pretty much leave you alone. They walk by, you give it a fist bump. That, no. At that point, they're there because of their friends. They're friends from the previous cruise, right? For sure. You know, they still enjoy it, but that they're not up, they're not up in your business. It's and that ends real quick. And and it's funny because you're running these crazy situations where one year I'm walking by like breakfast or whatever, and it, there's this family, real kind of middle midwestern kind of family just sitting there, and Johannes from Avatar sitting there with him having breakfast. And I'm thinking, I gotta find out what's going on here. Yeah. And I talked to the guy later and he says, Yeah, he eats breakfast with us every morning. I'm like, how did that? He's like, I don't know, it's just normal. That's awesome, dude. That's so sick. It's just that's just <laughs> yeah, a crazy. Like you know, everyone's looking. Everyone's just looking for some, a normal conversation, man. They're not looking for like you know, regalos with all your stories, right? People be yeah. we've got enough time for that when we get back on land, and it's like okay, you see us at a club or something like that. There's enough time for that. So sure. I'm, I want to mix it up because for a, a one one thing is I want to put this gauge on how impactful we have been. And I get it. And I know, and I get the emails and the text all the time. AJ, your music saved my life, you know, but one thing I love and why soul revolution was such an important record to me uh, and why I called it soul revolution was because right after COVID we went on tour with, with corn and that came by way of our going to see, going to do those records with Jonathan Davis. And, uh, People were just so in this like funk, 
You know, yeah, they were coming to shows and we had a blast and we were able to have a beer. We were getting COVID tested every day. So there, there wasn't any of that, but like really super, super hanging out. But once we did that tour from Ashes to New, when it was still kind of COVID restrictive, we were hanging out. But the Corn tour was like the first tour right after. And everyone mm. just, there was just a little bit of, a little bit of that spark sucked out of the air. And mm -hmm. then subsequently going on a tour where we're in clubs again, uh, the corn tour was outside and what we're doing clubs again and people, you know, you, you're talking to people and they're just like, man, this, this happened and that happened. And everyone's trying to find something to talk about that doesn't include some issues surrounding how awful COVID was, you know, and, and all the stuff that was on TV. So I wrote this record called Soul Revolution because I was like, you know what? We as a nation, we need a revolution. We as a world, we need a revolution. But it doesn't have to be this revolution of violence. It doesn't have to be this revolution of, of political uh, discord and political change. Yeah, the politics may need to change, but we as a people needed it. And now souls needed to change. Now souls needed new life, man. So that's, you know, that was a lot of the, the message behind Soul Revolution. And another retying it into why I want to see the impact that we have is because I want, I like talking to people, especially people that listen to rock and, 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 and heavy music and listen to my band. Let's talk about it. What do you think? What do you think about that? Those lyrics, you know, they, they go, dude, I like these lyrics or something like that. So I'm stoked that I'm going to be able to have those interactions with people and be, yeah. and it is, it, be is it the setting of being in a club or something like that. We're just, we're here at a show. We're hanging out, you know, that kind of deal. Is it imperative to you? Is it imperative to you to have that conversation with one hardcore fan or with like 20 different people? With a bunch of different people. Cause it typically always goes there. You know, if they, if they're like, and I'm sure I'm going to come in contact with a lot of people that have never heard fire from the gods, but I know sure. there are going to be people there that love fire from the gods. And, and I really want to connect with those people. I want to connect yeah. with people that love fire from the gods and are really into it. Not because I need the ego boost or I'm looking for my next subject matter. No, I just, you know, I like to really vibe about, about what I'm talking about. Cause it's heavy. You know what I'm saying? The, the message is, is super heavy. And I like that. I like that I can help people and people like talk to me about it. They want to hear my story. And I like telling that, them that, that, that that's the, the best, the best fucking gift that you can give to the world is the, uh, the vision. Yeah, man. That, yeah. Yeah. It's just the, the whole idea of what this record, I, I assume that you're, you're, you're kind of explaining to it. Actually, can you give us, give it to us in like uh, three sentences, what you, what, what you would just define this, this so chapter of your life? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh perseverance. Uh inner strength, which it ties into perseverance, but peace and love and having that real love for yourself enough to be able to go out there and love other people. That's what I thought it was. Love other people and without yeah, the perspective of where you came from, where you're exactly. going, all of that stuff. This is yeah. I, I it looks like if I, correct me if I'm wrong, in with a thousand lifetimes, that's the song title right you guys didn't yeah, thousand like, you guys are doing something awesome by the way i want to say that yeah. you put out narrative then you did a re-release of narrative with the two songs you put out american sun then you did uh, a reimagined version of american sun and ep that's the way that's the fucking way soul yeah. revolution you're doing you just put out this the acoustic versions of a few of the songs from it but then i just saw i had no I, idea we were supposed to talk about that <laughs> i'm going on about all this other shit <laughs> <laughs> but, but like sorry i just want to steer you back into uh, promoting oh, your record no you just you could you could you could you could this this Corey Glover feature that you yes. guys re re yeah so that's what's up dude and yeah, OG dude uh he so I hadn't met him prior to that but come on you know it's yeah you know living okay. color right yeah <laughs> you know, he's, so he's like, an incredible human I mentioned it to <laughs> other people that don't listen to Rocky Metal and then I'll sing Cult of Personality and they're like oh shit yeah that that guy but yeah, yeah. Man, that guy you know he's on my song bro yo yeah but um he dude he graced it with so much passion bro and that voice is unmistakable that that cadence and his runs and you know replaced a little bit a few of the runs that i had the the, the note choices and he did his own thing and man yeah first time i heard it, another one i was like yo this is giving me chills that's the og right there you know big ups yeah. Corey. Yeah. I called him on the phone. He's like, yo, Wagwan. So you're speaking to me in Jamaican Patois and that, you know? So like, Wagwan, you and I'm like, okay, but every day, man. We out here. He's a legend. Has he seen you guys play? Like, has he seen he you? Has not. 
Okay. He is not. I really wish he did though. Um, we were trying to line up, we were trying to line up something, but it it's just we've been busy and we're not working on new music, so it just hasn't happened. But I'm sure it'll it'll happen at some point. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, did he choose that? Does he, did he choose that song to do, or did you guys say, "Hey, we want to rework this song. Can you do this one with us?" Or did you say, "Hey, pick one"? Yeah, no, we we, we worked it over with the label, and and when we first got okay. signed, Better Noise, someone had mentioned they were like, "You know, we know Corey Glover, by the way," because I had talked about you know singers and 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 more like R and B in in rock, and I obviously <laughs> brought up Living Color, and they were like, "Yo, we know Corey," and I was like, "Holy shit, I've never met the guy, but I know he's within touching distance." So, um, uh, the label was like, "I think this is the one," and we talked it over ourselves and presented it to him, and he was like, "Word, yeah, he was about it." That's awesome. Yeah, just like that. And he, yeah, just like that, dude. Sonny, P.O.D. <laughs> Sonny called us and was like, "Yo, what's up?" You know, I was like, yeah, bro, hell yeah, you know what's up. Get on the song, bro. On, 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 on American Sun, he was on. Oh, they don't like it. Oh shit! Not, yeah. was a, the, okay. No, the the song they that. don't like it on that record. Uh, Sonny's on. Yeah, he kills it too. Oh, I'm listen bro, to it. I'm have to listen to that. Oh gee, is verse. that on the original? Is that on the record version release version? Yeah, it's or is on that the on? record version. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, song called They Don't Like It. Sonny's on it. Oh, that's what I'm yeah. doing after this. Uh, so I, I got a, I, I got one more question then about this 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 particular record and um, who produced it? Did you guys go back to Bendith or no? Uh, Eric Ron did it. Eric Ron oh, did Ron. Son and Eric Ron did uh, Soul Revolution. He with American Son. He had just come off the back of doing uh, Godsmack Bulletproof. Mm -hmm. You know, we were like, we want that kind of sonic big rock sound but still within the world of our heavy and uh, of our tip traditional heavy sound that we brought with us from narrative excuse me we took that metalcore sound we wanted to double down kind of on it and everyone has a their own sort of definition of what doubling down on a record is you know and, and for me it's like they're saying why would you do something that you've already done and it's not doing something that we've already done i'm not doubling down on something i've already done I'm doubling down on the the vibe, the idea of where I was going with it and taking the good bits of why people fuck with our music and put that into the new one and just yeah. do more of it, you know, give them more of that. And that's and he was like, sure. And he had these great ideas. And so Eric Ron did American Sun, the re-release, um, the American Sun reimagined. That was done by Richie and our band because Richie is a fantastic producer. He's worked with yeah. seven, seven Dust's new stuff. He did us some stuff with Keith uh, from Breaking Ben. Um, he's done with a ton of bands. Uh, he's worked with a ton of bands as far as writing is concerned. And then Soul Revolution was Eric Ron again, and the re-release was Richie. So we we have this very good relationship with, with producers. The first time with David Bendis was like, yo, you're in my house, you do what I say. But uh, now we've become a little bit more fluid with the way we work than both records. It was a collaboration between us and Eric Ron. That's awesome. That's the way That's the way it should be, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I I think that you you know you you're benefiting both both parties are benefiting from the, the creative juices that are flowing in that room. You know, uh, nobody knows your story better than you know your story. So as long as you're leaning well, into I, that story, you know, yeah, it, it's always good to have a headmaster uh, for sure. the first time yes. out, and then you kind of find your voice and how you want to work and what makes yeah. it most comfortable. Because being in a studio is not a that's not fun. No, so yeah, and some your ideas aren't always awesome, you know. No, yeah. matter, no matter what you think, we aren't yeah. creating bangers. Yeah, some of your ideas are like, "Yo, this is the best idea in the world," because you're smoking a spliff and you're like, "Yo, I got the chorus that's gonna <laughs> change the world," and then you get it there. It's like, "Yo, that was whack, bro." <laughs> you oh know? my god! I thought oh, I'd to again, some you have to some your, that half you bounced in half of the people. Some, yeah, half of the people listening to your record are are smoking too, so they probably think it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But the first time you you come up with an idea and you're like, nah. Then you listen to the producer and he's like, do this, and that happens quite a bit, you know. And, and sure. I'm like, oh, you know. Then then it's like with like right now the song right now that has become our most popular song. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a it's got this real uplifting uh, musical vibe and and lyrically. But I was like, I went to the studio. I was like, dude, I want something heavy. I want it to be synthy, like nine inch nails and real dark and depressing. And he was like, no, dude, chill out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like, he's like, chill out, Trent. You know what I mean? 
you know? And so he just came up with this idea of this, this real, like, kind of, you know, uplifting, up-tempo, bouncy riff. And then it, the song became, I, the song became what it became. And that was the value of working with a, a really good producer, especially, he just did Stain's new record, Eric Ron, you know, big up, man. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the bands, we were on tour with Stain, dude, and that guy, for all, for all Aaron is whatever he is anywhere else, that is a hell of a singer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That dude, he's got a voice. Yeah. He's got a voice, dude. You know what I'm saying? And then, and dude, it, the, another one that was on tour when he was like, bro, lean into what you're doing, man. Dave Mustaine was very much like that too on, on tour with Megadeth. He's like, lean into what you're doing. Lean into what you're doing. Don't be afraid. Like you say, the R&B stuff, man. I was really kind of shy on that, really trying to go from trying to, not trying, but saying, oh, I'd like a little bit more of a traditional rock kind of voice or that, you know, it took me a while to find that voice. And I, and I struggled with it for a long time, but uh, I finally like embraced and was like, yeah, that's the way you're supposed to sing these songs, man. That's the way you're supposed to perform. And uh, it, it's worked out. Tremendous. Have you ever heard it's Bad also, Rabbits before? I've heard Rabbits. Bad Rabbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, they were very short lived. Yeah, Bad Rabbits. Didn't they have like They're a still jazz making kind of thing going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. R&B yeah, vocals. Yeah, R&B yeah. vocals, jazz, funky. It was like real funky. That band was dope, dude. They lived they just in the hardcore together, world. I heard. Yeah, they yeah. were in the hardcore world, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hardcore kids love those dudes. They were like, with the way we were when we first came out. People were like, yo, it's not deathcore. But it's heavy. So you fuck with Fire from the Gods? And people, you know, and then yeah. with us, like on the road, we're like, yo, you guys, you fuck with Bad Rabbits? And I'm like, dude, yeah, that band, that band ripped, man. Yeah. Sonically, so nothing like Glassjaw, but Glassjaw, I feel oh. like fitting that same thing. It's like everything is so, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. That you can't yeah. help but like listen again. And then you're like, oh, what the fuck? Exactly. You know? Daryl's vocals, yeah. man. And they, I call them the East Coast Deftones. Yeah. You know? Uh, Daryl's voice just so iconic, bro, and he's just so skillful. And he, the way he used to ride, you know, it's like I, I've, those are the guys that were like, "Yo, you can do what you do. Be yourself and sing the way you sing, and let let just let the spirit flow through you." You know what I'm saying? Just don't 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 hold yourself back. And that's exactly what Dave Mustaine said. Actually, he was like, "Let the spirit flow through you, man." That's so funny. Like, okay. I'll tell you my Dave Mustaine story sometime. It's not as cool. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> no, oh, mine is I cool. mine has to do with pooping in the wrong bathroom. Uh, <laughs> was this the poop thing that we were talking about earlier? Uh, no, no, no. No, I was Chad has many many poop stories. I met, but yeah. yeah, I used to write right. reviews and for uh, in Revolver and uh, about the toilets I would shit in on during on, on the road and tour. No uh, way! Like, I gotta read yeah. some of them. I had this idea of doing like this Instagram thing when I was like uh, just toilet like bathroom graffiti. Truck stop yeah. for graffiti. Yeah, yeah. I gotta yeah. read those, man. I didn't know. Dark that. Thrones was, 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 the, was the column. Dark Thrones. Nice. Speaking <laughs> of death metal. Speaking of black metal. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. That's clever. You know, it, it's it, AJ. You were talking about like you know not being afraid to throw in like the kind of the R and B stuff into what you do, but you know because part of your responsibility to the band is to expand your audience, right? That you owe that to yourself and your band and your label and everyone involved with the band to grab as many people as you can and bring them into the fold. One thousand percent. So, carry on. No, I was just going to say that's so. Yeah, following your muse, regardless, say, hey, this doesn't fit our sound. I said. What sound are you talking about? We are whatever we want to be. Right, yeah. exactly. We, yeah. we just it took me a while, I thought, I guess, to just be like, just surrender, bro. And you go to shows and the way people respond to the to to Fire from the Gods and the way they responded to like songs like I and I of Soul of Soul Revolution, you know, that has this very, you know, Rastafarian ethos to it because the I and I in Rasta and in that world is the God with an eye, the, the, the God in myself, who I am and people love it, bro. And they, you know, kids are coming up to me, they're asking me about Patois and that, you know, like, and I'm saying, you know, skin dread was there already. So we're not yeah. doing anything new in terms of that. But, um, I always respected Benji and was like, yo, that's their thing. I have to find my way. And as much as he inspired me, I, I still had to find my way and not back down from it. And people have responded tremendously well. And I can't be, I can't be happy, happier with, uh, 
the way people have really adopted to fire from the gods. Like, I mean, every time someone's like, yo, bro, we always want you guys on Shiprock, you know, everywhere we go, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's a world out there that really, that really wants to hear this music. Yeah, well, now you're on it. In. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah we, they've had the final, they've had the final word. Yeah, uh, right. Speaking I, of final oh, words. I, I told yeah, Hiram, yeah, and he was like, yo, you're finally going on the boat, bro. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, so you want to do walk the plank, Chad? Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna do this little okay. segment. Uh, it's gonna we J Justin and I will have a couple random questions, and we'll have a, a question from last week's guest, uh, who you can't know who that that is until you've answered the question, and then we will tell you, and then you will do the same thing for next week's guest with your question. Okay. My question for you is: If you could uninvent one thing, what would it be? Holy shit! <laughs> if I could invent one thing, yeah. God. it would, I don't, damn, I like everything. I know everyone's going to be like guns, but I'm like, I like guns. Um, <laughs> uh, I would, dude, if I can uninvent one thing, damn, I love living in the modern era. You got everything. I don't know, man. Social media. There you go. Yeah. Social I with double edge says double edged sword though, because Alice just people spread the word of your band. It's exactly. it's tricky. It's a slippery so you could have said uh -huh. nuclear fission. Yeah, but that's an energy source. Energy source. There you go. Uh <laughs> got a song on so revolution called Double Edged Sword about this very thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. All right. Uh, my, so, my, my question to you is what song evokes the strongest memories for you? Thousand Lifetimes. Your own song? My own song, yeah. Thousand Lifetimes. Wow, okay. All right. How about one that's not of your own? Uh, Gorilla Radio. Radio. Damn. That was, those are solid that, picks. That, I also okay. that yeah. song defined my formative years okay all right so this one comes Very from good. our guest next uh, from last week who is the greatest rapper of all time oh and biggie. why sorry biggie? oh yeah, i say biggie but probably people are not gonna like this i think drake is the goat I think okay drake, that's so funny i just had a conversation with my girlfriend about I, I think drake is the goat i've never not heard a bad drake song and so like is that what yeah. I think yeah. I just think he's incredible because all his songs are so they're not all the same. He does this whole lover boy RB thing, then he raps, then he does this whole trap thing. Now he's doing this whole like reggaeton vibe thing, you know? So like Drake, Drake's a G. I I respect Drake a lot. All right. I'm gonna have to tell Sarah, my my girlfriend, that you love you also love Drake. I, I we we got into we got into a literal argument going into the mall the other day about I'm like I don't even yeah. fucking know a Drake song, <laughs> so I gotta I gotta go apologize because uh, apparently yeah. I, I fucked up. Drake, Drake Drake is a G dude, and I say that because I could get into the whole Biggie, Tupac, DMX, sure, all of that. Sure, sure. I hold that a little bit closer to the heart, and when it comes to these goat conversations i ah, just take the guy that everyone talks about yeah i mean like that's a good call yeah. at me, uh, uh, in general Th that, that came that question came from uh matt from uh from ashes to new oh so, god <laughs> now i gotta call the guy now i gotta retract uh, yeah, yeah. my statement <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be upset. He's gonna be upset with your decision. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm setting him the clip. That's a hip hop purist, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he Matty Matt, 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 fancies himself. fancies himself as a real MC, but he's all right. He's all right. He's he's a G though. He is a real MC, but he fancies himself like like he talks about the streets. You know what I mean? He talk about the streets. That's Philly, right? He, he got to be. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we did we talked about them. That's funny. That's my so, god. So now it's your chance. You're you're uh you can't know who next. He didn't know who this week's guest was, and you so okay. you can't know next week's. But uh, and we won't tell him who asked the question until after they ask. So what's okay. yours? Yeah, so I have question. to ask a question. Yeah, yeah. I'll type it down yeah. and then I'll repeat it. Uh, what would you say to your younger self, to your seventeen year old self? 
like as in as in um are you are we poisoning the question about like okay so you've lived this long what sort of advice would you give to your okay okay what's yeah what sort of advice what one piece of advice would you give to your 17 year old self i think about that every single day and i'm like damn if i could what would you do let's might as well answer your own question what would you what would you tell yourself be patient hmm yeah be patient and listen. You don't know That's everything. It. You do not know everything. Yeah. That's exactly what I would say to my seven-year-old self, too. You ain't, you don't know shit. You said yeah. seven or 17-year-old self. Just so. 17. Yeah. <laughs> seven-year-old <laughs> self. I'm like, yo, read a book. <laughs> okay, make sure I was well, we can tell that to our we can tell that to our 27-year-old selves these days. Yeah, yeah. we're exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> I got two kids, so we're coming up well. We're, we're doing all right. You got Try. two kids? Oh, yeah. I do. That's I awesome. Two babies, man. How old? Uh, six and two. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. in it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. awesome. I Paw Patrol yesterday, bro. She was freaking out. What do you, uh, what do they want to dress up? What do they want to be for Halloween? Uh, one wants to be, I think we might do. Disney characters again. I think she said something about Disney. So it's she's been watching a lot on Disney. So it could be we can talk Frozen or we could be Mufasa. I don't know. I could be Elsa for all I know. I could be dressing up as a princess this Halloween this Halloween lad. So just get ready if you start seeing the pics. You I was know. gonna say snap some photos. <laughs> yeah. We say yeah. like hey AJ, get ready for theme night real early. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm we have theme night every night, dude. It's awesome. I'm stoked, dude. I'm stoked, man. And yeah. we're going to make it. Okay. You know, yeah, dude. It's gonna be some great stuff. Yeah, we haven't been to some of these places. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um, chat. We've had you for over an hour, AJ. So thank you for your time, brother. We we appreciate everything. Uh, we obviously look forward to seeing you. Uh, Guys, here, guys, almost like four months now. It seems like a long way, but it's going Thank so you. quick. Thank you for having me, bro. But I, any opportunity to chat it up, man, I, I love. We Good appreciate it. Soul Revolution is out. It's been out for a while. Grab it. It's, uh, well, until this new stuff comes out, this is what you're going to have. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. check Soul it out. If you, if, we'll be jamming a bunch of songs, especially, you know, some of the acoustic stuff. We'll probably do that, man. We'll probably knock out some of that kind of shit, you know. We're trying to mix it up. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to come up with some. Try to get you guys involved in some sort of special performance type of thing. We tend to do that. We tend to twist your arm to uh, yeah. kind of like, no, hey, we we're here. You don't. There's we no, no platform or, and I'm like, yeah, that's okay. We got a couple of them. Right here. We got plenty. We got plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we don't have acoustic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Three yeah, thirty in the any, lounge. We'll see you there. <laughs> do you guys have any? Do you have any live days going on right now? Do you have a tour coming up or anything going on right now? No, we're done. With, we're done for the year. Aside from our Austin holiday show, which we've done consecutively the last few years, uh, December sixteenth here in Austin at Come and Take It Live. Uh, mm -hmm. Side, so that's pretty much it. And, and I know a bunch of ship rockers are coming out for that because I've already seen people talking about it. So uh, okay, yeah, we'll pregame there. Yeah, is that a full electric show? Yeah, that's a full on, uh, full fire from the gods experience with a bunch of like. All right local bands, bunch of Texas hardcore bands. I started a label called Audio Pariah Entertainment. I've got two rad bands right now, and we're looking to bolster the roster with, with more stuff. So, um, cool. check it, you know, Young Marsh is a band. Do you have a Instagram or Facebook page for your, for, for this, uh, label? Yeah. Audio Pariah Entertainment, APE, APE. Okay. All right. We'll make sure and tag that in and get people starting to go over to your page for sure. 100, 100, right bro. 100 bro. Rock. Oh, uh, my friend. Themselves, man. All right. So December 16th, come and take it live, Christmas show, and audio pariah. Got it. That's it. All right. All right. Uh Chad, anything else to say to our to our friend here? Nah, man. I'm just stoked that you were able to come right. on and hang out with us for a while. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good luck at Halloween. Yeah. 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 I'll let I'll you know. get to be Elsa, <laughs> honestly. That sounds dope. About it, baby. Blonde yeah. chick. <laughs> All right, my All right, guy. my friend. Take, take care, sir. Yeah, 
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.